Whistleblowers are agents of justice, but in South Africa, they are more likely to be persecuted and assassinated than honoured and protected. But civil society has had enough. We speak to Robbie Mokalaka of Groundwork. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. I greet all the all viewers. Thank you. How many civil society organisations have now joined forces to demand protection from government for whistleblowers? Yeah, now we, we are currently having um, 27 organizations uh, that have joined, you know, in to support this cause. I remember the, type, the, the name of this uh, gathering is called um, HRD, Human Rights Defenders Gathering. So as you can see, it's written, Defend Our Defenders. This is this is it's an inclusive process. It includes whistleblowers. It includes um, uh, the activists who are affected in the mining uh, areas, uh, those communities that are staying in the mining affected community. I mean areas, and also the LGBTIQ. So that that those different categories are within the human rights defenders and whistleblowers, of course, are within uh, that uh, group of of human rights defenders. Can you name some of the organizations that have become involved to support human rights defenders? Yeah, at, at, this, at, at this point in time, just to name but few, we have we have um, Greenpeace. Greenpeace is known as an international organization. We have uh, Human Rights Watch, which is an international organization as well. We also have Off the Groundwork, of course. We have EarthLife Africa. We have Center for Environmental Rights. Uh, we also have and the Office of the South African Human Rights Commission that is also supporting this. The list is very long. So just to name but few at the moment. Now you've drawn up a memorandum for government. What does the memorandum say? Yeah, the demand in, in, the, in the memorandum, there are just two objectives, you know, that we're asking the government to consider. And those objectives, number one is the development of the model law that seeks to recognize and protect human rights defenders. Of course, we just spoke about the, the whistleblowers now. Of course, it needs to protect them. Um, and also the second leg, it's the government, for the government to take initiative and create or develop an awareness campaign to discourage the killings of the human rights defenders. Now, the third one is the immediate arrest or agent arrest of those killers. And of course, the law must take its course and it has to, to make sure that whatever decision that has been made in court, whatever uh, 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 you know, uh, decision that is made in court by the, the courts, whichever uh, forum that is, is actually making a decision, it has to make sure that it sends a message that whistleblowers are a significant part of the society. They are protecting the rights of the vulnerable groups and the poor communities on the ground. Why do you think government has been so slow uh, to come to the aid of whistleblowers? I think it's just a matter of political will, Chris. It's a political will, but we are glad that uh, South Africa um, has, has, has received recommendations at the United Nations level on their U Universal Periodic Review last year in November, uh, whereby 
the states, member states within the Human Rights Council in the city, uh, they 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 passed a recommendation to South Africa to protect human rights defenders to develop legislations which seeks to protect human rights defenders. Of course, whistleblowers were, were quoted now and then. So in that in that in those recommendations. So now the important part is that South Africa adopted those those recommendations. They voted in support of those those uh, legis- I mean uh, recommendations, which is very important. We are saying the government is doing the right thing. It's recognizing and respecting the lives of the people and the constitutional uh, rights of the people to life. So we are working with the government that we just want to join forces with the government to say, let's help each other to implement this, to develop these laws, implement as a team, as a collective. And because we know better, we see what is happening on the ground. We can, we can, we can make inputs in those legislations that are actually having, making an impact on the ground. Speaking about being on the ground, can you give me some examples of the worst cases of human rights defenders being persecuted? I can quote but few. There are a couple of them. Uh, one of them is, I can just talk about the Abashal Basam John Dolo. This uh, uh, a grassroots organization is a gra- gra- grassroots organization that is fighting for the land rights all over the country. Uh, and it was formed in 2009. Up to so far, they've lost about 25 members shot and killed in execution style. So now, only three of them have seen justice. So you can imagine how many people are left out there lingering and not, not being arrested and maybe planning to do even more, I mean, more damage within the society. So now, that is just one a collective case that I can, I can actually quote. But the second one is it's, it's about the activist that was killed, Manfigilen Changase, who was killed in the in the KZN area within the Mduba Duba, whereby she was opposing um, uh, the expansion of the Som uh, the Som coal mine. So she was killed in her own house by five men in front of a, a 13-year-old n- nephew called Blood. So um, that's one example that she was killed and in, I think it was in 2000. 2020, October 22. Now, the second case is the Bazuga Hadebe. That was uh, one activist who was opposing to an MRC Australian coal um, Australian mining company, uh, which was aiming to, to dig out, I think, titanium. He was also killed in his own house um, by, by, by two men, if I'm not mistaken, but who were, who were imposed, imposing themselves as police officers in his own house in front of his seven-year-old. So these this cases, they are not just happening in isolation, like someone is killed somewhere in the bush or being run over, but it's killed with it. It's happening in, the, in, the, in, the, in their own houses, whereby they're supposed to be feeling safe. And now it's leaving a lot of emotional traumas to those family members that are left behind. Um, so some of them are breadwinners. I'm talking about She's left her, She left her own, the only daughter, and now um, she doesn't have someone else to support her because she lost her father before. I mean, a couple of months before her mother and the mother got killed. Now she's actually an orphan. She doesn't have parents. So she doesn't have any support. So there's a lot of impact that we can talk about as the social, psychosocial impact that we can talk about that are affecting those communities, I mean, community, I mean, um, family members on the ground. And that need to be asked and spoken about. Fortunately, we have 
uh, her daughter here uh, so that she can talk about those impacts of how has this affected her life. The world needs to know that it's not about one person dying, but it's about affecting the entire family members on the ground. Are you speaking to people who are telling you, we want to speak truth to power, we want to come forward and expose wrongdoing, but we are too afraid? Well, I think we haven't received any person so far. Remember, you know, this is, this is most of these cases are more of hiring a hitman. And hitmen are a member of the society on the ground. So they have eyes and ears, you know, friends. So the moment one person is, speaks out and say, I want to reveal or I want to tell who actually did what, that person might disappear. So people are fearing for their lives, even if they know they cannot just come out and speak uh, because they don't know who they can, who they need to avoid or protect themselves against. It's just a ghost out there. Uh, so they, they, I think there are people who want to talk, who knows what has happened and who committed a crime will kill those people, but they can't just easily come out. That's the problem. Have you had any engagement uh, as a group with government apart from this memorandum that you have drawn up? We have we have engaged with the government. That was immediately after Manfred Jamas was killed. Uh, we have engaged with the government at the provincial level within KZN, whereby we're calling for the government to 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 hasten the process, investigation process, and arrest the killers because the entire community of Somkhet and Fuleni is now living in fear um, if, if, if the culprit is not arrested. So they don't know who is, was killed here. They don't know if this person is part of the community or is from outside. So they are living in that kind of an uncertain atmosphere, you know, of fear. Uh, so, um, yeah, that, that's the kind of situation that I can talk about to say, you know, it, it, it's very complicated. It's very sophisticated indeed. Any other cases that you would like to highlight, Robbie? One of the cases that I can highlight, of course, I mean, we cannot leave Babita Diokram on this. Um, we we cannot leave um, uh, those whistleblowers, Mashale, you know, the lady that we were just talking about now. Um, the problem that we have now is that I think we just need, you know, a spe special laws or model laws that can, 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 can facilitate the protection of the, of the human right defenders and as a collective shouldn't it be only you know uh, just a, a a small part of the government like the police but it should be the entire uh, a, a government in, in in total let's just say for instance the DMRE we're talking about the mining areas which is which is which is the DMRE for uh, sort of regulate or foresees or monitors so how those mining companies are receiving uh, 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 permissions and how they are being given permission to to or permits to, to to mine need to be regulated. Need to be done in a way that you consider people on the ground. Uh, the government need to come closer to the people on the ground, and the government need to make sure that those people that are affected, there's a follow up in those families as well. You know, um, to see how the, what what kind of impact are having uh, are, are left in those families. So we, we there's a lot of whole lot of layers that need to be attended to and by different parties, stakeholders, but the government takes a lead in this because they have a constitutional obligation to protect its own citizen. Um, so everyone else that comes on board is just an assistant and that assistant is the human that defenders and they need to be protected. Thank you. 
that was Robbie Mokhalaka of Groundwork speaking to Biz News about the urgent need for human rights defenders to be defended. Thank you, Robbie. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. 